Knock, knock. Dwayne. Dwayne, the bathtub, I'm drowning. Oh, praise Jesus. <laughs> I heard a hard word goes down when the anesthetic of laughter is in the room. So <laughs> I just thought, you know, like, oh, what is she about to say? No, I'm joking. But that was like one of my favorite, or my kids say that to me all the time. So praise Jesus. <sighs> How are you guys? Good. This week has been intense for me. I'm like, Lord. You could have asked me to preach when I, everything's going great and I don't have five kids and I actually have time. <laughs> but instead, you're like, no, I'm going to use that weak vessel and make it work. All right, turn with me to Revelation 3. Last week, Pastor Brad uh, talked about Luke 4.18. Jesus, I just thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would speak through me today that you would give us the word that we need to grow in love, to mature in love, so that we could be like the Shulamite that says, set me as a seal upon your heart, upon your arm. So many floods cannot quench it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So the Lord told me he's going to take a lukewarm church to Luke 4.18. And Luke 4.18 was the verse that Brad preached last week about the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to preach good news. So let's look at the lukewarm church. And I want us to allow the Holy Spirit to take inventory of our hearts because I know this is for me. Take it personally and ask him, where am I lukewarm? Let's, let's read it. To the angel of the church of Laodicea, this is uh, Revelation 3, 14. Write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may become rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and, and will dine with him. And he with me, he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has the ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. There is so much to unpack, and I don't have time to unpack, and I don't think he wants to unpack it all. But I want to hone in on two, two aspects that I think will take us from lukewarmness to being anointed with the Spirit of the Lord. And those two are humility and the fear of the Lord. 
And we're going to look at Proverbs 2 and Philippians 2. And I, and I saw this bridge of Philippians 2 and Proverbs 2 taking us to this place where we're carrying the spirit of the Lord. All right? So verse 18, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. Let's turn to our, our Bibles to Proverbs 22.4. I love Proverbs for me, I didn't grow up with an active father. Um, he was, I love him so much. I, I, I wanted him more around. But this Proverbs, for me, feels like I get to go to the father and just hear wisdom after wisdom after wisdom. And it's like I get to be fathered for real, for real. And we are. So Proverbs 22.4. Get out your Bibles, y'all. Come on. Flip, flip those pages. I'm trying to look for my Proverbs. Okay. So in, in, in this Laodicean church, they're filled with pride. They have it all together on the outside, right? They have the money. They have the clothes. They got it going on. But God is saying, no, 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 you don't. You're actually very poor. And you're actually naked. And you're actually miserable. And this is the God of love giving a full and adequate and complete picture of what is going on in the inside. This is, he says, I am a true and faithful witness. There's no exaggeration when he says you are lukewarm. He, it's true because he is truth. So when he's coming to us and he's saying, guys, you have a lukewarm heart. Sasha, your heart is lukewarm. Who am I to you know, brought in my chest and say, no, 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 Lord. It's like Peter, right? No, I'm not going to deny you three times. I'm going to die with you. And he's saying, no, you're going to deny me three times. And so there is a sobering of the reality of the great physician opening up the chest cavity of our hearts and saying, this is the true state of your heart. And I feel like where we're headed, we know, we need to know the disease of lukewarmness is trying to take over, and he's wanting to deliver us from that spirit of sloth, that spirit where it's, it, we have to, like, you know, have the right song, have everything together, you know, before we feel like a buzz from the Holy Spirit. He's wanting to awaken us in love. All right, Proverbs. So the antidote, he, God always has his way to get rich. He always has his way to be clothed in his righteousness. So let's look. Proverbs 22, 4. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So what is the fear of the Lord and, and what is uh, humility? Let's go to Proverbs 2. And let's hear what he's got to say. And then I'm going to give us some things that I feel like we can just practically go for. To choose the fear of the Lord, to say yes to him, like our worship this morning. We're not just saying yes hypothetically, we're saying yes with our steps and with our, our money and our choices, right? All right. I'm going to start with verse 1. Proverbs 2, verse 1. My son, and he's calling us all sons, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, 
Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, realize that Jesus is trying to say, this is where the gold is. You're actually, you're just, you're satisfied with material gold. You're satisfied with having likes from your family and your friends and your family, having prestige on the outside, but being broken on the inside. And Jesus is saying, I am not satisfied that you have it all together on the outside, but your heart is deteriorating. And like a good father, he doesn't want to keep you in a state of deterioration. He wants to build you up into his likeness, into his burning heart of love. So, and search for her as for hidden treasure. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So the first one, receive my words and treasure my commandments. We need to ask the Lord. Receive means you're saying yes right? Yes, I will. You're coming under his authority, his truth, and not um, presenting your truth as more honest than him. Does that make sense? In a culture right now, there's this fight for definition, right? There's this fight for definition of what does it mean to, to be male or female? What, is it, what does it mean to be loved or to be in love. So there's this culture battle of what things mean and say and who defines what. And Jesus in Revelation 3, he's saying, I was the, the originator of all creation. Romans 1, you know, it talks about um, they're, they're, they have a debased mind. And he continually points himself, points to himself and says that he is the creator. So he alone has the, the, the ability to define things, okay? So receive my words. Allow him to define what truth is, right? Allow him to define what love is, what right and wrong is. An ear attentive and inclining your heart. I was uh, watching a message and um, they said it, he was giving an example of a disciple in a, in a school back in the day, I don't know what year, but that the student had to come like this and bow his head. And that was a signal to the teacher that the student saying, here I am, I'm listening. I'm here to receive your words. And so he is looking for a posture in our hearts that says, here I am. You're the teacher. I'm the pupil. I want to receive what you say is true, not what I feel is true in the moment. Call out and raise your voice. He wants us to be people of prayer. I love that it says, call out, hello, and raise your voice. You know, there's there's something about he wants a response from our inward being Say, God, give me understanding. It's, it's, it's Proverbs. If you read Proverbs, Proverbs 8, you have wisdom is crying out in the streets. And Jesus is saying in Proverbs 2, respond to her and say, I'm coming and I'm willing to listen. And here is that, that bridge, that, that fear of the Lord that says, I want to be as close to you as possibly I can. 
So I'm going to listen and receive your words. Call out, raise your voice, talk to him. When things don't make sense in scripture, talk to him, ask for understanding. Ephesians 1.17 says that your eyes may be enlightened and that your heart may know, I'm uh, um, paraphrasing. But we're praying that the eyes of our hearts be enlightened and that we would receive who he is. And the last is the seek and the search, right? I told the team this morning, Proverbs 25, if you read it this morning, I know um, Marcy is reading the Proverbs, but it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. So it's our glory to take the time to ask and to seek and to knock. What, he's knocking on our hearts, right? In Revelations 3, he's looking for that response. He always initiates. He always shows us what he's doing, and then we get to mirror his initiation. Does that make sense? He's the, we love because he first loved us. All right. So those, that's what I want to describe when we're talking about the fear of the Lord. I want us to start the conversation. Am I still on? Praise Jesus. Um, start the conversation. If, if fear of the Lord, like, strikes you as off, start the conversation with the Lord. Take the scripture and ask him, what does it actually mean? What, what do you say? Because let's, let's go there real quick, and then we'll go on to Philippians 2, the other bridge part. Psalm 19. I don't know if they have it up here, but Psalm 19. Like I said, one of the things that Proverbs 2 tells us is to accept, to receive his words. So that means if I have an off taste in my mouth about the fear of the Lord, and he says in his word, he delights in it. That it was there when they started creation. That in Isaiah 11, it's one of the, the spirits of God. So if it's around him and he smells of it, it's like on him and we want to be close to him and we have a uh, like resistance to it, then it's not him that needs to change. It's me that needs to change. So let's read this. Psalm 19. The, uh, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. Other translations say pure. But clean, this reminds me of the Ephesians 5, that he would wash us with the water of his word. Enduring forever. The fear of the Lord isn't going anywhere. You're not going to wish it away or want it away. I want to do everything else that your word says, but have the fear of the Lord. You're going to have to take that up with Jehovah, okay? Because <laughs> how he sees it is in delight. Like he is smiling when he's talking about the fear of the Lord. So where we have a gap of understanding, we need to bring it to a place of prayer and say, God, give me understanding of what it means. The law of the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Here's this gold word again. He said, come to me and buy gold from me. 
The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Either he is lying or he is telling the truth. And it is actually more desirable than gold. And so in our world, it is more desirable than having millions of dollars in the bank to, to seek after the fear of the Lord, to ask for understanding. All right? So the fear of the Lord. So lukewarm, fear of the Lord. The second part of this bridge, I feel, is humility. And uh, Brad touched on this before, but I want to go there. Philippians 2. So there's this posture that we hold towards the Father, which is humility, right? We start with the fear of the Lord. But there's an interesting thing with the fear of the Lord. When you say yes to the fear of the Lord, you choose the fear of the Lord, you treat others differently. And you see others not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That is a natural overflow of the fear of the Lord. So let's read. Uh, Philippians 2. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And it goes on that because he did this, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. I'm going to flip back real quick to Revelations 3 because I want you all to see the, the parallels here. He says, if, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne. I think that overcoming is the overcoming of pride, overcoming of conceit, overcoming of being selfish. I think that's one of the things. And so he's saying, be like me and serve others and don't regard them according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We are so good at coming in and telling God who he is, but are we good at telling each other who they are and seeing them according to the spirit of God? Or do we see them according to the flesh and all their failings and all their weaknesses and we don't honor them as such and therefore can't receive the blessing. We can't receive each other's blessing. This is the body of Christ. This is he whom Christ laid down his life for. And in his scripture, he's saying, consider them more important than you. I don't know about y'all, but when I read that verse, I'm like, mm. I'm like, mm. more important, like, I mean, the, my pride, my self-righteousness just like starts like going crazy. 
I need Jesus' spirit to kill that thing, to kill that selfishness in me so that I can see you guys and receive the, the blessing. Let's read one more verse to close. Ephesians, I didn't give you the verse. Ephesians 5, 21. I think he's working on our muscles. So the first step is coming before God and saying, God, I don't know the right way. I don't know truth. I need you to teach me your word and teach me your truth so that I could discern rightly. So you're coming in humble before him. And it, then he's asking us to turn horizontally and say, come humble before each other. He puts us in a body and he wants us to receive from each other. Ephesians 5, 21. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Isn't that interesting? There's a partnership between having humble hearts towards one another and the fear of the Lord. And I think it's this realization that this Psalm 139 reality that God himself formed Colin in his mother's womb, fashioned him, his hands, his breath, his design was put into Colin. That is holy. And therefore, as a brother in Christ and as a sister in Christ, I come to Colin thinking he's got something that I need. And Megan and whoever, and it's usually someone that usually rubs you wrong. A hundred percent. I guarantee it. God is going to mature us in love by putting the person that has offended you most right in front of you. And you're going to need to bow your knee to God first and ask him, Lord, how do you see so-and-so? Because I see their weakness. I see their shortcomings. I see how they have hurt me. I see how they have X, Y, and Z. And I need your eyes. I need that eye salve to wash my bitterness, to wash my pride, to wash my offense, my, my pride. I, I said it twice, but I, I, there's a flood of names coming into my mind right now of just, oh, I don't need anything from them. Like, they're, they're, you know, not all that in a bag of chips. I could just keep going on with life and Usually what we want is we want, we want that person to lay hands on us. We want that person over there, over there, over there. But the people that God has put right around you, we're like, nah, they don't got anything. And so we stay in this place of isolation until God brings that holy person or that holy man to give us that holy anointing. And God's like, I just put that plumber or whoever right in front of you. And I, he has the gift of God for your life. And you're not willing to humble yourself and receive from that person. So he's asking us, choose the fear of the Lord so that you can humble yourself to one another and to receive. We, the, the prayer of John 17 is God, may they be with me where I am. May they experience that same glory. The glory is not a divided church. The glory is not an offended bride. The glory is not a, a bride full of, of pride. 
the, the, the glory is a bride who is humble, who is confident in his love for her, that he is the amen, right? He is the alpha, the omega. He sees the beginning of the end. So in that, in that reality, I'm going to bow my knee, open up my hands and say, not my will, but your will be done. This hurts right now, receiving from this brother or this sister. This hurts right now, but not my will, but your will be done. Fear of the Lord, humility, receiving from one another. Because we are holding ourselves up in our pride to walk in what God has asked us to walk in as a body of Christ. So that was short and sweet, but let's stand. Jesus, I, I thank you that you are good enough to expose that which is hindering love. You are good enough to tell us the truth in love, to say, darling, you are lukewarm. Your heart has grown lukewarm because you've held on to pride too long. It's killing your heart. It's killing your connection with me. Darling, you have held on to bitterness too long. Forgive and follow me. Darling, you have held on to pride too long. You haven't received my forgiveness. Receive my forgiveness and follow me. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to be a people that choose the fear of the Lord, that choose humility, to walk with you and to see each other as you see us. Father, let us say yes to you. Give us grace to say yes to you and then yes to the ones that you have put right in front of us. Forgive us for not receiving each other the way that you have received us. Help us, Lord. Help us to walk in true humility, 